Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for This Week in Google is provided by Cashfly. C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Twig, This Week in Google, episode 97, recorded June 1st, 2011. You'll find it in the men's section. This Week in Google is brought to you by Carbonite.com. Backing up the files on your PC or Mac is safe and easy with Carbonite. For a free trial plus two free months with purchase, go to Carbonite.com. Offer code TWIG. And by Netflix. Watch thousands of TV episodes and movies streamed to your PC, Mac, or TV instantly. Plus, get DVDs by mail in about one business day. For your free 30-day trial, go to Netflix.com slash twit. It's time for Twig This Week in Google and the Cloud. Actually, we should call it This Week in the Four Horsemen of the Internet. I'm horseman number one. Here's horsewoman number two, Gina Trapani. <laughs> horsewoman number two. Horsewoman number two. That's your new title. Greetings, fellow horse people. That's just straight out of the Game of Thrones <laughs> or something. <laughs> the Khaleesi is here from smarterware.org at Gina Trapani. Also here. Ooh. Ooh. A, a, a cheesy transition. transition. transition guy is in the house. Uh, Mr. Flash Jeff- Gordon. Yeah. I don't know why how that happened. I could do... You want cheesy transitions. I can do oh. cheesy transitions. Jeff Jarvis is at buzzmachine.com. Whoa! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening at home, you're not missing a thing. <clears throat> no. And we are about to talk about uh, the Googleverse. So that was what Eric Schmidt called Facebook, Google, Apple. And Amazon. And Amazon. Amazon. The four horsemen. I think that's accurate. I think yeah. so. He left out Microsoft. I think that's right. No Microsoft. And he left out Twitter. Twitter's too small a no, service small. to be worth. It's but it was a- companies creating a platform, platform, right? Yeah. Companies who are doing a really good job exploiting like the web as a platform. So I think that that's Twitter isn't necessarily that yet, but Amazon certainly is, right? Oh, yeah. There's Facebook. Facebook, Apple, and Google. So I think that was a pretty... Is, is Apple, does Apple belong in there? They're a great hardware manufacturer, but are they, I guess with iCloud uh, is... Uh, iOS uh, is the platform, right? IOS. Yeah, iOS, yeah. Okay. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, well, we're going to spend like three quarters of the show dissecting what Eric Schmidt said yesterday at uh, the D9 conference. Uh, the top 10 things, according to Danny Sullivan, that Eric Schmidt revealed at D9. <laughs> I, you know what? Just before we go into these, Jeff, Gina, you think Eric did himself a, 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 a solid uh, on the stage at G9, at D9? I think so. I, I, uh, you know, I watched the video uh, that they that they put up, which was edited, and uh, I thought it was a really good interview. I, think he was I thought good. that he was good. He was frank. I thought that his observations were astute. But it was interesting. You know, TechCrunch. I guess Sarah Lacey at TechCrunch said that uh, you know he came off. Um, he you know he put himself down, and he's got filled with regret for his time at Google. I didn't get that at all. I, I it's don't called know. honesty. It's honesty and humility, yeah. both of which yeah, I think I more like CEOs should thing. show. Yes, absolutely. You know, as, we, as we talk this through, I, I, you know, he didn't get the commerce job that supposedly he was up for in the White House. Uh, but the discussion after Paris was that, you know, this is the political Eric and Eric has a political ambition. And you know, people are starting to say, is he the first geek president? You know, you put this kind of honesty you hear from him now against a politician's 
voice, and I'd welcome that. I mean, he, yeah, he puts his foot in his mouth, but but he's he's being direct and he's being smart. I did notice a number of people on Twitter. I was watching the live Twitter feed as he's speaking, which is always interesting. And a number of people on Twitter said how political, how smooth and savvy he was appearing. Which is not what he's usually accused of. No. Right. <laughs> Creepy. Uh, foot and foot mouth. And mouth. <laughs> right. Okay, so Gang of Four and Platforms. Uh, he says they have huge platforms, dominance in their spaces, difficult for others to challenge, Amazon rules in shopping, Apple for beautiful, quote, beautiful products, Google for information, Facebook in friends and identity. Microsoft not on the list. He says he didn't see them driving the evolution of consumer products and services. He said big in the enterprise space, that's for sure. Um, and he, and they have products that I thought this was actually a pretty astute analysis are a, quote, flywheel that would power Microsoft for decades, much like IBM went on and on and on after it lost dominance in the 50s. It went on and on and on and still goes on. Yeah. Um, number two, uh, Google did a deal with Apple to stay on the iOS platform with Google Maps and Google Search. He says, we have a very, very good search partnership and map relationship with Apple. Deals have been renewed. No other details. Um, I really thought uh, Apple was one of the reasons this whole Apple privacy kerfuffle happened is that Apple was gathering data to supplant Google. And to, it was, in fact, I think Apple even said that they were going to do a traffic application, which implied a map application to me. Number three. These are Danny's top ten. Google will get social data in alternative ways. They tried to do a deal with Facebook, the deal that Bing ended up doing to include right. social search. Um, I got the impression uh, that they weren't able to make that deal. He says, from Google's perspective, it would be useful to have the information. It would make our products better. Uh, yeah. Yep. Social search yep. the next big thing. Later, when no, asked, you get Eli Pariser going after him, you know, don't personalize. I think yeah, I still think it's wrong, but that's 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 the, the that's new the, that filter bubble, yeah, thing which we've talked about. We talked about we it, talked about last week, yeah, yeah. and I think threw um, it out, out of yeah. hand, right? We dismissed it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, when asked if he if Google might need to buy something like Twitter, he said, "Our social strategy does not acquire the acquisition. I think he means require the acquisition of any company because we can't get people to give us that information." He's talking oh, because about we can one. get. So he we says can. we can yeah. license it. I see. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, right. Well, right. He's saying he can license it from other companies, but also Google can get people to give them oh. give give it personal information in other ways through profiles, through plus one, oh, through likes. Right. I mean, I think this is him. I, I, this is how I interpret it. I think it. you're right. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right, too. I misinterpreted it. I was thinking we could license that data like we tried to do with Facebook. No, you're right. In other words, we don't need Facebook because right. we have means. They know yep. everything about us. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Gmail really is a crux of that. I yeah. mean, it really, Google does know a lot about you. He knows your contacts. I mean, your email is a pretty personal thing. And they have to be careful, though. That's right. You hit the nail on the head. That's a personal thing. Facebook, I'm willingly giving them information. Yes. I don't want Google mining my Gmail. Agreed. I mean, most people don't. That's that's definitely true. Um, but, you know, your contacts is very, you know, that's that, that's a social graph uh, uh, that Google has yeah, that they, yeah, they take advantage of. Yeah, but can they use of. that? 
and well, that they, they misused Buzz. with Buzz, as we know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but, you yeah. know, Plus One is another, which we'll talk about later on in the show, but that's another way that that's, you know, that's their like button. But both, both are so limited. I mean, you know, part of what, what Zuckerberg said to me when I interviewed him for the book was that the difference is that Google and companies like that scrape what goes on. On Facebook, you choose to say it. Uh, you know, the example he always gives is that is that you, you choose to say that you're a Green Day fan and there comes the ad for Green Day versus saying in your email, Green Day, Green Day, Green Day, and suddenly the ad's there and that people find creepy, right? Uh, that there's, a, there's a, a, an explicit um, choice that's truer about Facebook than Google. Definitely. But but that the Green Day ads, we're seeing those already inside inside Gmail, and that's private. I mean, what Google has to do is distinguish very strictly between what's private, which is Gmail, uh, you know, email, and what you explicitly publish. But Google's got plenty of publishing tools, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Blogger, Buzz was a try, Profiles. I mean, there, there's a lot of little places where you can enter information about yourself. Google Reader subscriptions and your likes and your comments on those. I mean, it's not Facebook, but it's kind of, it seems like Schmidt was referring to all these little ways here and there that you can add signals and, and publish and share through Google well, there products. I think, you know, the, the best signal generator is the phone. Yes. Where you yes. are, what you're looking for, what you're doing, um, <laughs> who you're calling? No. But that is the well, issue is uh, yeah. how, do we, how, do we, how do we use this data without creeping people out? Right, you respect the stuff that's private. That's did, meant to be private. He, did he? Uh, didn't he take some blame for Buzz, the Buzz fiasco, yesterday? Didn't he mention that? I can't remember. He took blame for a lot of things. He, you know, I watched the edited version, so I didn't see the entire interview. I don't think he mentioned Buzz specifically, but apparently he did say that. He says, uh, "I'm not good at. We're not good at social. We we screwed up social." Right, and and yeah, saying so that his, add, that's his big regret, right? right. Is that he didn't right. do something and add that into this? So, so, so they're saying they screwed up social. Now they're saying that they're going to get. You know, we have our ways to get social data. Isn't quite convincing to me. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I mean, a there's the issue of how they don't know how to do it, but b there's the creepy issue we were talking about too. Um, I think they lack a strategy still. Yeah. There's been no, there's no apparent strategy. We keep, we, we keep on, because they're Google and they're brilliant and they're amazing. We keep on giving them credit. And right. Saying, oh, sh- we give them a lot of credit. Something in the lab and it's coming out soon. Right. We keep on guessing what it is. I think it's quite possible that they don't have any freaking strategy. for. Are, aren't we close to the one year mark of the Google me rumor? Yeah. And still nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing. Right. There is no me there. Um. He says it was his fault that Google's social networking problem. He so does that imply that Larry Page might do a better job? Is he maybe saying it's well, Larry's going to fix this? No, I think he's doing the opposite. I think it's more of a a fault by omission, a sin of omission. That right. that that yeah, he wrote the memos, but he didn't follow through. He didn't execute. He didn't make it happen. And so he's saying, "Buck stops here. I, I screwed up." Yeah. Well, good. That's very presidential. Keep up the good work. That is. Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Schmidt says he's dealing with external issues almost exclusively now since Larry took over as CEO in April. Um, I think, but that by that he means Washington, right? Yeah, I think it's it's mainly that. Yeah, uh, not Washington, not just Washington, but but London, Paris, Bonn. You know, right. pick your capital. He was at EG8. Mm-hmm. Did he have a high profile there? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He was on an early panel. He listened to Sarkozy. He went with Sarkozy to. 
Deauville and the G8, uh, along with Mark. He is very much getting into government, isn't he? Oh, he really is. Yeah, and I, I think that, 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 that it's, it's, it's necessary for Google. It's hurt Google, especially in Europe and the EU. And so they need the highest powered spokesman they can have in those circles. And that's him. Um, and I think personally, he's he's into this now. He kind of he implied, keeps, though, that he would stay at Google till death did them right. part. Yeah, well, he, he keeps saying that the was interesting. <laughs> he, he said that his biggest worry about the web is a balkanization of the web, that every country will have its own Internet. I mean, that is, I thought was is, good. I liked that. I, yes. I was, yeah, I thought, I thought Jeff is... Head is exploding right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, that's been so that's right. been yours. That's been your. Uh, it's so right. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm writing a post I haven't finished yet, but but thinking about you know last week in Paris, um, the the fight now is over the sovereignty sovereignty of both the net and governments. Right, we say that government has no sovereignty. Says quote John Perry Barlow on the net. And the government's kind of claiming that they should. But what makes the net the net is that no one can have sovereignty over it. Right. So that's, what, so that's what scares governments, too. Things like WikiLeaks. That's exactly what scares government. Is, yeah. is, is, is it, it can. And so, and so that's what it is. And so what you really see, I think, is government trying to, you know, try to reserve a place at the table of the future. And there may not be a place for no. them in quite the way that, that it was. And, yeah. that's, and that's profoundly frightening. And it it leaves a vacuum, as Clay Shirky would say. We don't know what's going to fill the vacuum, uh, but I think that's what's going on here. And so, so Eric last week, you know, said to them pretty clearly. He says this in various contexts around that government is slow, technology is a lot faster. Government shouldn't be holding things back. By the way, that's why we. I mean, I think that the government is slow on purpose. I think the founders. Yes wanted a government were afraid of a government that was too efficient and effective i know i am yeah yeah so so but the problem is when they do use their power to regulate when they do define what the internet is before it's even done yet you know that's a danger uh and then you know when i when i asked him this question at at aspen two years ago almost he did a little soliloquy about about how you know, I wish the change happened faster, like you say, Jarvis, but it's not. And the reason it's not is because all the resources go to the incumbents. You know, the, the, the big old companies and government are in a cabal together to prevent the change. And so that's really kind of his view is that, is that it's change agents against change resistors, I think. Now, the next, you know, immediately you start going on Google with its devil's deal with Verizon. And is Google going, is it jumping the shark in terms of being a big company? That's a different discussion. But but Eric's take has been that government is slow and it's a problem. Yeah. Well, uh, now I'm scared about Eric getting to be president. <laughs> I would have speed things up. The trains will run on time. Well, or or he would do the opposite, or he would uh, you know eliminate his own job. Not quite, but. When you see things like Bitcoin, which is an extra governmental currency fueled by the Internet, WikiLeaks, which is an extra national, uh, in Jay Rosen's terms, uh, journal, uh, you know, news news entity. Uh, and I expect we'll see more and more of this. Um, it is kind of it is kind of it feels very futuristic. I, I, it, does. it does. You know, what's it's very, uh, very cyber. Go ahead, Gina. Neuromancer. Go ahead, Gina. 
No, I, I was going to say it feels like the future. It feels like, oh, right, this is this is what this is what it was meant to be for right, the people to organize uh, on a level that goes beyond beyond local government. I mean, it has a lot of big, scary implications, which Schmidt is probably more qualified to deal with than well, I am. Well, one of the things, you know, science fiction talks a lot about is uh, extra governmental corporations, you know, multinationals. Right. And that's a little scary. And uh, most most science fiction says, well, it's these multinationals that will end up, you know, the world government by de facto. But interesting, maybe the Internet will be a, uh, a, a player, a peer. Right, well, if the Internet stays architected the way it is, then there is an entry point for anyone. We've got to get Timothy Wu on. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Because uh, his book, The Master Switch, that's what he talks about. He says, you know, in the past what's happened, and he uses the long-distance system as an example, is these systems were created, they were open, they thrived, they innovated, as all open systems do. But it only it was only for a while, and then corporations came along and said, okay, thanks, kids, we'll take it yeah. from here. And he that's fears... That's what we have to protect. Yeah, that's, and he fears that's... Well, he doesn't fear. He says, it's going to happen on the Internet. Um, and okay. it's going to be taken over by internet companies. So Facebook and Google or, and Amazon are going to... The gonna, four horsemen, baby. Yeah. Right. Well, it's it's hard to feel like Apple is going to be... I don't think Apple's one of the four horsemen. Oh, yeah, well, no, well but, but here's the thing. If, if I'll, I'll, I'll go this far. If Sarkozy has a dream of how the internet should operate, it would be Steve Jobs' dream. Yes. It'd be controlled. You and bet. cleaned up and gate kept. Steve says there's no porn on iOS. Right. Right. We protect right. you. Good point. That's our job. So I don't. I mean, uh, I'm not sure I want Facebook to be in charge either. Um, but let's promote a healthy competition between Amazon, Google, and Facebook. You don't want anybody to become. Well, part paramount. of Schmidt's argument too, and every time Schmidt has argued, is Google too big? And of course, the response is, "Show me too big," and shouldn't it be regulated more? And so Schmidt says, well, "Who do you? Who would you prefer to run this? You know, Google or the government?" Right. Well, Google. We're, Google, we're here to help, yeah. Although, I mean, I think people who believe in uh, government as a reflection of the social contract would say government, that government reflects us and our desires. It's just, it's just such an imperfect... <laughs> right, but the problem becomes when you... Slow. When you have, it's slow, and, yeah, it's slow. And, it, and it doesn't really reflect us and our desires. It just, no, Sarkozy yeah. said that, that uh, only governments are the legitimate representatives of the people. And, you know, response to that is to rear square in Egypt... Um, the issue now is that there's so much of what we do is not tied down to a nation. But right? isn't but isn't really? I mean, that is what a government is supposed to be anyway. The ideal government is a reflection of the will of the people. It's us self-governing. Now, obviously, Egypt is not self-governance, but 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 uh, let's use the United States, a republic. Isn't that the principle behind it? Is self-governance? We elect representatives, but the idea is we're self-governing. Right, but Leo, what do you do about the financial structure that cuts across even America can't do it all? What do you do about the ecological issues and you know pollution and radioactivity? So is, so I would say this is what Tim O'Reilly kind of dreams of when he talks about government 2.0 is the notion of a, maybe not extranational, although maybe it should be transnational, but uh, uh, open, transparent government that does reflect the will of people. Maybe the internet will become an, uh, or somehow foster is this what I you think? think? A foster a transnational government that reflects the will of its people? Well, okay, government as a platform versus yes, as a tool, yeah. right? And that's what Sorry. you're doing. That's what Think Up yeah, is all that's about. What, that's what that's what Expert Labs, Labs is yes. all about. So that's the one side of it. That's good government. But on the other side of that, uh, watch out! Whoop whoop whoop! I'm going to quote Habermas. Um, <laughs> 
is that what we I have think a new we, Godwin's we, law. <laughs> every conversation. It's no longer that we Google ourselves. It's I got to have to read this cat. All conversations. No, you don't. Oh, God, no, you don't. It's like, it's like you eat raw sausage, man. It's not digestible. Um, it was torture. Um, but, but. We have he a Habermas drinking game, however, I'm glad to say. And the chat room is already sloshed. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um, so he argued that the public sphere emerged in the 18th century when in salons and coffee houses, the discussion, the, the rational critical debate of the people became for the first time a counterweight to the power of government. And then he argues that it got uh, corrupted by mass media where we just got talked to again. Well, I think what I argue in a certain book to come out in September is that um, what the Internet is, he, Habermas was wrong because the coffee houses only had the twee rich people and only men and only landed people, and it was not the people. But the Internet does have the power to be the people, and so the Internet is a constant counterweight to government. And so when government tries to um, regulate its disruptor, that's that's a conflict necessarily. The internet is our public sphere. Oh, damn! I should say that in the book. That's good. Um, revisions, revisions. Oh, it is. I got one chance left. <laughs> right in the paragraph now. But the internet is the public sphere. The internet is. That it tool. is. It's the embodiment of the public sphere, right. with all its that's unruliness and its, uh, you know, heterogeneity. Heterogeneity. That was good. It's, it's all mixed yeah. up. <laughs> it's a bunch of mixed up stuff. <laughs> Write that down. Are you writing it down, Jeff? Write it down. I'm writing Write it down. down. The <laughs> internet pen. is the it's public. It's called a pen. I still use <laughs> and a little. Post-it. It's a lot faster than a tablet. I could tell you that. Oh, I put my post-it notes onto the uh, the the pads here for the the laptop. You see here. Oh, so so there you go. Right. Yeah. Right? That, so that's so why they would... have such a big wrist rest. Exactly. It's the post-it note were, holder. Were, so I put notes there to remind myself. They stay there for six months. And I never read them, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> so we got to fight to keep the internet to be a, a, a true public sphere, a true, you know, speaker's corner, a true Hyde Park, uh, open, free. Um, right, and I think inter- I think go- internet as a platform, or gov- you know, a government as a platform, is a is a great way to to think of it as well. Right, uh, yeah. right. that's the way that that's what that's what the people have to do is to is to demand that the government is a platform for for listening to what they have to say and for implementing the things that to to represent like re- representation via the internet, just not not just through voting, but a constant kind of interchange and um, people participating all the time and using the internet very much. But yeah, the, the government as a platform—that's the whole Gov 2.0 right. kind of vision—and um, we just have to make tweet, it happen. Tweet from Tadolio Habermas at a Chipotle watching Glee. <laughs> <laughs> Forget um, Twigs. Twig, we're gonna have to get a new acronym. It's the Glee Chipotle Habermas yeah. Show. Well, look, carry, carry that further. Carry your idea further. I think you're right. But a, a, in this future, then a quality company is also a platform, right? When Google is at its best, yes. when Facebook is at its best, Zappos, it, it is a platform is a platform. for what we want to get yeah. done. And that's yes. when we have the best relationship with it. That's when they can succeed. When they fail is when they try not to be that. Verizon. Right? Verizon Google. Uh, and, you know, this is the argument that Siva Vadnathian says that, that, you know, companies must be evil because they must, I'm, I'm simplifying, they must return money to their shareholders. And 
I, you know, Umer Hake and I come back and argue, well, yes, but the cost of doing evil is higher now. And so you may succeed better by being a true platform. Yes. And Google has mostly done that. Mostly, mostly. exactly. Yes, yes. And so you take Schmidt's attitude about that, right? Could Schmidt be the person? Schmidt for president, Schmidt for president. Um, we'll hear oh, all no. kinds of dumb quotes all the time. It'll be so much fun to cover them. Um, <laughs> It would be fun. I have to say, it would say. be so much fun. Oh, got to be so much fun. How tall is he? Is he tall? Because you got to be tall. Uh, yeah, he's tall. He's tall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that we, we've gotten a Schmidt to president. Schmidt, Schmidt for, for president. president. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. Yeah, I think, I think we need to sell bumper stickers. Schmidt for president. So, but but here's here's the the question: Is it can it is it really a a, a public? A sphere when it, all of the conversation occurs within these private platforms like Facebook or Twitter or Google, doesn't does that mean that it's no longer quite as free or public? I guess not. I mean, it's, I mean, it has to be federated in the way that the web is. You that's know? what we and, want. That's what, that's we, what want. we want. And that's what APIs are kind of the beginning of providing. Um, and, and, you know, the kind of data sharing, the partnerships that we see, that's a good thing. But, but, but yeah, we definitely, this is why I've been kind of obsessed with federated platforms and, and systems for, for so long. As like, if we create platforms where people can set up a node and connect with the others and everyone, and the data ownership is distributed, that's, those are the kind of platforms that, that I want to see. 100% yeah. agree. I mean, that's why I, I, I was always uncomfortable with Twitter. Yep. Uh, and preferred uh, status net. I was always uncomfortable with Facebook. Uh, maybe diaspora is a solution there. Um, but, well, <laughs> yeah, I know. Ethical, <laughs> ethical, uh, uh, you know, treatment or ha having the, the solution is competition purely. I think the problem we have in access, the problem we have with net neutrality, is that we are imprisoned to duopolies at best around right. the country, right? And that allows them to do this to us, right? At some point, the fact that Google has 60-some percent market share in the U.S. being is a healthy thing. But there are a lot of stakeholders. So now you have the stakeholder, which is the carrier, the Internet service provider. You have the platform, which is Facebook or Google. These all have, these all have commercial interests. Yeah. But uh, so does an economy. So does a society. That's not, yes, that's but not do, does, our, does our society um, trump... I mean, do we? Tr I mean, this is what Tim Wu's talking about: is that uh, ultimately these commercial interests win, and they trump our interest, our, our as a society. You see it, you know. I mean, that's that's where we're sitting right now with with uh, the whole intellectual property debate. You know, the whole uh, the whole debate over music and movies is you know the, the societal the needs of a society versus the the interests of uh, content creators. That's what I think. That's what Larry Lessig would say. This is a great conversation. I'm going to interrupt it briefly, and well, then I'm going for to for commercial purposes for capitalists. <laughs> yeah, making some money, and it's okay. Leo. Yeah, you know, because we have had a good conversation okay. here. Yes, and I did not in any way let the fact that Carbonite.com is a sponsor impact this conversation. I am going to show the best damn ad. Save the value of it we're gonna we're gonna that's where we're gonna our memories of it will be secure right yes. leo yes <laughs> precisely i am going to show you the best damn ad i've ever seen in just a bit uh from intel Use, oh yes yes and i think it's fascinating and i think it reflects kind of a a new way of advertising because it's an ad instead of an ad that's targeted at me which is the newest thing that google did this is an ad that features me mm -hmm. <laughs> 
It's the museum of me. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. There's lots more to talk about. We still haven't got through all 10 points. We've got to talk about facial oh. recognition. Then we got to get to Twitter and its platform, speaking of which. Speaking of Twitter, i got a lot to do. So let me quickly talk a little bit about Carbonite.com. This is, you're right, uh, this is where you save all your stuff. And very important that you do so. If you go to Carbonite.com right now and use the offer code TWIG, you could try it right now for two weeks free. You don't even need a credit card. Here's the Carbonite's backup, right? So it's cloud, but it's cloud-based. It's internet backup. And that's really the strength of Carbonite uh, is that even if the worst happens, your data is safe. Hard drives die. Laptops get stolen. Backups disappear. But when you have been backing up to Carbonite, you always have access to your data. Even before a disaster happens, you log into your Carbonite account on a Mac or a PC or on an uh, Android phone, an iPhone, on a BlackBerry, and there's your stuff. So it's cloud storage. Uh, restoring is as easy as clicking a button. I'm just a huge fan, uh, and I encourage you to give it a try free for two weeks. Carbonite.com, offer code T-W-I-G. If you decide to buy, now, by the way, this is very affordable. It's $59 a year, and that isn't for like a gig or two gigs or 100 gigs or that whatever. It is for whatever amount of data you have on your internal drive. You can't just start plugging in a bunch of drives, but whatever's on your internal drive, the contents of your laptop, for instance, that's less than $5 a month. That's a good deal. Carbonite.com, 16 cents a day. Try it free right now. Carbonite.com, you, if you use the offer code TWIG when you buy, you'll get two free months, so it's 14 months for the price of 12. You got to back it up to get it back, so do it right with Carbonite. So real quickly... Uh, Eric Schmidt said, we knew this, we knew this, that uh, things like Google Goggles had face recognition yeah. capabilities. He said, uh, face recognition is the only product Google has withheld. And I think they probably did the right thing. But can you hold the genie in the bottle? I wish they, I, I want it. Because I have a terrible memory. I mean, the, the larger comment that he said is that he realized that the like the, the, the same platform for doing good is the one that you'd use to do evil, right? Yeah. So the terrorists uh, use the same tools that the people do, yeah. and and, and and the facial recognition thing was one of the was was one of the only things that they held back because they mm -hmm. felt like people could use this to create a biometric database and 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 watch people. I mean, I, no, I don't think you can keep that genie in the bottle. Someone else is going to do it then. I mean. No. Uh, this is right. Um, interesting that Google decided to, to hold that one back. But I think that that was really good insight and, and something that made me feel good about Schmidt. Really, this well, interview kind of turned. I, turn I, I agree, but I'll do the devil's advocate here. Okay. Uh, which is that it's a cynical PR move. That they'll let somebody else do it first because they don't want to be the ones who always kill privacy. They'll let, they'll let you know, Microsoft do it or they'll let a government do it. And then, oh, what the heck, it's already out, will come along. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this very much, this very well may be Google trying to say, hey, look, we're really not as creepy as you thought. We could do this thing, but we don't because we're taking care of you. You know, maybe this is a PR move right. um, and letting someone else t take it over. Sure, sure. That's, uh, I'll accept that. Okay. It's all well, PR. I, I, don't I, mean, mean, I don't necessarily mean it, but I, but I think, you know, the, the, the question, as, as I read that, I was thinking about how could you at least start using it for good? Right. Every day on our local news, I suspect you have the same thing. We have the missing child, which, by the right. way, I've never fully understood because if we really, truly had kidnapped children, it's obviously domestic disputes right. that accounts for most or all of this. But fine. So we have that. Um, when I interviewed Schmidt, as long and, as they're as long as they're blonde and, yes, exactly. and white exactly. and, and, exactly. and you know, cute, right. then then, right. then it's nightly news. Then we, then we care. Yeah. Bring out the milk cartons. Right. Um, 
when I interviewed Schmidt about uh, the German official who said that uh, uh, use of facial recognition and geo together were, were, were taboo forever now. And I, and I said that's, that's kind of ludicrous to, to eliminate the use of a technology before it's used. And in my view, you could use it to find missing children or to find people after Katrina. Um, and it could be useful. And Schmidt said that it would be laughable for that to be passed in, for example, the U.K., where they do use it, he says, to find terrorists in airports. And then he said, you know, you kind of have a choice. Would you rather have more invasive, yet more and more and more invasive searches of your body and information at the airport? Or would you rather have the cameras looking out for known terrorists? Hmm. 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 Good point. That was a stopper. Well, no. Is he, uh, I guess that's a good point. Technology can be used to uh, invade your privacy, but it also can be used to protect you, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Someone said security theater versus privacy theater. Right. It's all theater, though, isn't it? Yeah, there. Yeah. I like that. Good answer. That's what we were trying to think of. That's what the, that's what the delay was. We were trying to think of that. Yeah. <laughs> He, uh, he did uh, respond to the filter bubble, uh, Eli Pariser's uh, book. He says, the differences are pretty small, and I'd have to agree. In every test we've done, you can hardly tell a difference in the personalization of your search. I think it's a little bit of an overstatement to make a point. Um, he says, this was kind of a surprise. Uh, Walt Mossberg uh, kind of beat up on him and said uh, that his Google results were more and more polluted Schmidt said, uh, and this is because this is in regard to that update where they uh, they uh, kind of blocked demand media and other uh, kind of similar garbage uh, info sites. Uh, he said that the update impacted only this is the Panda update, twelve percent of search results. Uh, he says Google makes hundreds of improvements every quarter that aren't seen, and it's working up working more to come up with direct answers rather than links to information. If we can come up with the right answer. We'll give it to you. Answers instead of search results. But that's, that's to me, a big issue for them going forward. If you want to get media companies and, and destination sites and information sites to hate Google, then bypassing them entirely and just handing the answer over will do that. Google's response, I think, would be, well, people may, don't want a link. They want the answer. Right. And uh, so then the question becomes, well, where does Google get the answer from all these sites? And you know, rah, 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 rah. we'll go around and around and around there as to... Are they at that point, if they don't link and they only answer, are they then acquiring the value of those other sites with no return? Well, I mean, there might be opportunities for return, though, then. You know, then. I mean, what if Google said to a site, if you provide answers to certain questions in a certain semantic format, you know, we'll pay you the ad money. You know, you know, you get some sort of AdSense deal for the searches that, that return those, those answers. Um, I mean, I'm just totally just speculating that this, yeah. this could be, right? But, like, what's, you know, to motivate sites that have these answers to, to provide that data in, in, a, in, a, in, you know, an easy, maybe an easier way or an easily crawled way. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was interesting that this, this, this coming up with answers is very much what Bing, right? Bing markets itself as a decision engine. And, yep. uh, and Schmidt basically said that Bing is better at some of this than, than Google is, which, which surprised me because I just have yet to see Bing <laughs> really beat out Google uh, myself. But yeah, I mean, it is interesting. I mean, sites really are going to hate Google if, they, if, if it provides it, it, their content 
without the right, user the, having the, the pets for- we, I think the first the first test of this is is the airline schedules, which was another story up on the list today. Is right. that it is pretty cool right today if you go to Google. Is this nobody's tip? Is it right? Nope. Nope. Go ahead uh, and put in flight EWR LAX. You get the schedule. Huh. And that's because they bought ITE, right. ITA rather. Right. EWR to LAX. Of flight. Right. Flight. You have, you have flight. to say flight? Yeah, like flights to LA. Or- I don't have to say colon, just flight. Oh, just flight. Yeah, EWR, which is newer, forgiving. LAX. It gives you your sins. Like there you God. go. Look at that. And then, uh, now, and then now, click on the now plus. click on the link where it says, yeah, there it is. Bingo. Wow. Now, I can't buy it on nope. here. They should. I mean, if they want to make money, they should have a link right to. Well, uh, that's coming next. Yeah. That's really cool. Isn't it? Yeah. Same as if you want flight status, if you just put in, you know, CO123 for Continental, it'll tell you the flight status. Do I have I to say flight? No, just CO. But they've done that for a while, right? Or for no? a while, right? So yeah. now you have the, there. there's the status wow. from Copenhagen. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> good, good guess. <laughs> um, That's from a website, though, flightstats.com. But the, the information I need is right there. Is right there. Right. And you do want that, right? I mean, I always, whenever that yeah. happens, like uh, if I do a currency uh, or cal- I use Google Calculator, I like that, that the answer is there. I don't have to click a link. Uh, I don't know how, I don't know if they've made a deal with flightstats.com to do that. But I mean, that, that is a link at the top. If you want to see a map or if you want right. to dive deeper, right, you would, you would click would on the go link. There. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I think he's right. That is something that we want our search engines to do. And uh, I think yep. it, Google's doing a better job. That's good. And if Bing's doing a better job, then it, people will start using Bing. I think, though, ultimately, you don't you don't steal uh, from Google unless you give better search results, not better answers. Yes. Right? Don't we still use the search engines for search? Mostly? Yes, mostly. So it's not enough. You know, I guess if you knew, oh... Uh, if I search for a flight on Bing, I'm going to get better results. You might. I don't think people. I don't think people uh, choose their search engine based on uh, what they're looking for. Right, but 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 skip forward to to mobile and voice, and you know I have a question. Uh, I'm driving from Boston to New York. Here's where I am. My phone knows where I am. Where's the next Chipotle? That's right. I want not not the nearest because it may be you know back right. It knows which way I'm going. Where is the next patrolling? I don't care for a search at that point. I want the answer. And Maps kind of does that for me. Right. Not in that root way, which I want. That's the next thing I want to Google. So you might do it if it's different apps and it's a more yeah. protracted search. I mean, you know, well, currency is a good example. I have a currency app on my phone or I know I could do a Google search. On a phone, you probably you launch an app. On my desktop, uh, if I had a currency app versus a Google search, I always have the browser open. I'd probably just enter the currency onto, into Google. Right, so how does Google power that? And the irony is that I think Google would power that through APIs. Right. Um, but they, they killed, by the way, their translation API this week, which I, I'm, I'm upset about. Um, because you want others to use this stuff to make apps. Which, which API did they kill? The translation one. What? Really? Yeah, you can you can still use translation, but you can't use the API. They're killing. They killed about six or seven APIs. Huh? And we did the list. Bad people. They're bad. Oh. They're bad and wrong. APIs are good. Killing them is bad. Yeah. Yes. Well, speaking of APIs, this Intel uh, Museum of Me is an example of because I don't I don't maybe Intel made a deal with Facebook. I don't know, but they it's very cool. They you have to give it permission and access to your Facebook. 
uh, account. And pretty extensive permissions. Yeah, it's a long list, isn't it, of all the yeah, stuff you're is. giving them. And it is just an ad for Intel, but I think it's kind of a neat demonstration of um, what an API can do. So I, I just gave him permission by clicking, you know, get it. And now it's gathering all the data from my Facebook account. Let me go full screen on this so you can see it. And you can see quite a bit of stuff going in there, mostly JPEGs. Is there a special room just for your ugly shirts, Leo? <laughs> there should be. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Museum of Leo. <laughs> now, I did that pretty quick. It says, Leo Laporte Exhibition, 2 p.m. on Wednesday. <laughs> Already, I'm getting chills. I love this. That's a, by the way, that's my Facebook picture, uh, which is a picture of me in college. Old picture. But I mentioned that you because you'll see the hair grew back. I had bad hair then, yeah. So these are these are the people I interact with the most. All of them are people I, who I work with. On and I'm sorry, Gina and Jeff, you weren't on there. But <laughs> and look, there's people looking at my exhibition. I'm so happy. And being in California, the first time, which is retail. Yeah, yeah. And there's and then this is a kind of a montage of other pictures. I think profile pictures uh, I've used. And now we go into the next room, where you can see all the places I've been. Google Maps on that, by the way. And that's that was kind of a boring exhibit. These are the words I use the most on my <laughs> Facebook page. And it analyzed that. International, like, dry martini, house, <laughs> time, sale week, twit, number twit. one. Look at that. Now... I know that this was done algorithmically by sucking data off my Facebook page, but I'm still feeling pretty warm about Intel right about now. A big thumbs up, because Intel made a museum of me. Just for me. These are videos I've liked. San Francisco Giants picture. <laughs> I'm, I think I, I got short shrift on that one. That was a very short video wall. <laughs> and then this is this is fun. These are yeah, Intel, this is really cool. Intel robots taking all the pictures from all the people I know. These are all my friends. I don't know that guy, and uh, <laughs> and they're going to take those. You. Yeah, he knows me. They're going to take all the pictures. This is personal. This is highly personalized of people I know, and they're going to assemble it. What are they assembling it into? I don't know. Let's zoom out and see. Why look? They've assembled it into a giant picture of you, me. Golly, I like you, Intel. <laughs> the, the chat room is just—they're appalled. Are they throwing up? <laughs> they are appalled. There's all they're the people like, I know in my universe. Look, that's you. This one, is the most just one node on the network that is our universe. It is all of us together in the connected. Connected. What I is that love you, of Intel's? Huh? What is that cell of Intel? I don't know, but I watched it about 80 times. <laughs> Everyone in, in, the, in the chat room's like, Leo, it's cheesy. <laughs> you think that's cheesy? I think that, no, all right, it's cheesy, no, no, but no, no, it no. works. I, I, so I was fascinated by this because yeah. I, you know, think up, gather social media data. I've been thinking about visualizations of that data. Yeah. I, I tend to come at it from the more like useful visualizations like what insights can this give me and this was let's face it this was eye candy right like we all just want to we, we all want to look at pictures of our friends and our and things that have happened to us it's just another mirror to look at ourselves right i mean we're we're humans that that's where we're the stars of our own mind right so we, know, and, that's, my eye. 
And the, the, the museum really kind of creates that idea. You feel important and you remember things. I, I saw a video of my little cousin and I was like, oh, I got the Mormon fuzzies because these are people that I care about. But really, this was just, you know, this giant Flash movie that sucked in a bunch of JSON and then, <laughs> I, <laughs> and then showed it. You, know, you geeks are so unromantic. It's an ode to the API. It's an ode to the API. I mean, I have to tell you, I was totally impressed with it. I thought as far as social media visualizations go, it was very, very well done. Uh, people in the chat room are asking, you know, what did you, what other permissions, you know, what is Intel going to do with all that data, you know, besides show you this thing? I, you know, I don't know. It was They're a not going to do it. Come on. I mean, what would they do? Yeah. It? I mean, what, what are they going to, right, right. And, and, and by the way, all this stuff is public. It's all public yeah. on my page. So I don't mind. I mean, if you had a private Facebook page, you might want not want to do it. Right, right. Um, but I, but it, was, I mean, it was a great ad. It was a really nice ad, and I do I agree that I think it's the future of advertising. So it's I, interesting how you take how you uh, you take away what you're interested in. So your interest is as a developer from the API use, but visualizations of data, and and me, I was thinking, wow, ads. Now I think going forward, I I expect to see more ads that I'm a star of. Right, right. Well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, we think we've been trying to figure out, like, how, do, how, how can you, we want to reveal something to you about yourself, given, you know, that your data and aggregate that you shared across these different networks. Uh, you know, this is one of my personal kind of, kind of interests. So, like, like the, the words that you use are the things that are most important. I think sentiment analysis is yeah. really interesting. Or whether tag or not clouds and yeah. all sorts of ways to show that. I think there's, there's even more. We can go even further. That's why I love things like the Fitbit and, uh, you know, things mm -hmm. that sort of gather little bits of data over time and then can, can make sort of general observations about uh, that you can use to, you know, exercise more, better health or, or you know, I don't know, think more positive. I don't know. Uh, so, you know, so, yeah, um, We Feel Fine? What? Have you ever seen WeFeelFine.org? No. No. Oh, it's, you'll love this. Um, I'm going to make sure it's fine. Uh, it's, uh, Jonathan Harris is a brilliant uh, programmer, designer, thinker, and so go to Open We Feel Fine there, Leo. Please wait patiently. Oh, now, uh -oh. Uh, always, Rob, this is some, Java is now, uh, I guess this is a Chrome thing. Now, Chrome asked me if uh, before Java or QuickTime will run, which I think is kind of interesting. So what he did was, he, he, was just, he did this in blog time before, before Twitter, but has collected millions and millions and millions of things following I feel or feelings. Ah, So they did a book of it that's just brilliant, and they got all kinds of data about this that, 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 talks about the total of the people there um of of how do we feel um uh happy or sad or whatever and then you see what's tied to that and you see specific posts well so gina what i what i think you could tell is is that it could start to um check your mood right yep and mm -hmm. G, gmail could do that it could check how many angry emails i've sent how many angry tweets i've done it, it, it really could it could inject uh, narcotics into my bloodstream according to that well, my, my, my anger is cl closely correlated to my Cabernet. Uh, yeah, in, I could just pump know. a little Cabernet in there. Oh, right. <laughs> no, but I kind of, okay, so now get ready because you know that Mark Zuckerberg's whole life is all around how can I, what what payoff can I give people to incite, incent them to give me more information? So here is a wonderful thing. Now, if you give me more information, forget the movie, I'll pump Cabernet into your veins. I'll give you a phone that spritzes Prozac into your face. Soma. Soma. Arad. Soma. All you have to do is just let me see your life. Just press that allow button. And I will make sure that you're happy forever. 
Yeah, this is why you want apps that gather your data that you own versus giving other people <laughs> access to your data. Screw Federation. <laughs> I'm giving on. it to Zuck because he's going to do the right thing with it. Uh-huh. Any man who kills his own meat. <laughs> he's, he's turning into Ted Nugent. I just want to warn you. <laughs> just get ready. He's going to be worried. That huh? is the danger of the rich and famous person. Yes. They become, they become Howard Hughes. Bob Treisand. Yeah. Howard Hughes. He's going to yeah. be collecting his pee in a jar. I don't know. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm sure you won't be doing that. But it's a little weird to only eat meat that you kill personally. I, I did not. I missed this story. Was this a new story? Did Zuck yeah, say yeah. he only... Is really? it true, Leo? I think it's true. <laughs> he seems to be... It's on his Facebook page. He seems to be pretty out about it. Uh, he started with lobster. He said the first thing I killed was a lobster. He said actually that was the hardest because it was live and I boiled it, but it sure felt good eating it. And then now I think he stepped up to uh, I think he just killed a pig. And um, like that's it. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, you know what though? I there is a certain purity, a moral lot? purity that I respect there because you're exactly right. If you had to kill your own. Meat instead of buying it uh, antiseptically packaged at Safeway, maybe you would be a vegetarian. I would. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see the fa- look into the eyes of the animal I'm about to eat. Seriously. Oh, let's not think about I'm that. Just, I'm deeply disturbed because <laughs> I'm not ready to give up bacon. Mm. I don't care if that pig has a sad expression. Did we? Um... Speaking of which, did you see Rovio is going to put Angry Birds on? Uh... <laughs> what a transition! You are the master. <laughs> I bow to you. <laughs> the Roku Speaking box. of bacon. <laughs> awesome. Speaking of bacon and eggs. It's the perfect. That's how Leo's brain works. It's that like, is how my a- brain works, alas. <laughs> Looking for feelings. So this is finally loaded. Uh, this is We Feel Fine. Ah. Looking for feelings of people in the last few minutes, it said. Yeah, so each one of those is, is, is the worst. So if you click on any one of those feelings, you'll see, you'll start to see that those are feelings going around the web. I feel like Bartleby the Scrivener, that is the character Bartleby on a regular basis increasing, and that's due to the fact that I perceive society to be further and further skewed from what I personally accept or agree with. I think this person's having a psychotic break. Give that person a little <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I've been focusing on four areas that need addressing and have been feeling encouraged. Over th- Where is this coming from? This is from blogs. Oh, I and see. So he's just... He scrapes millions of blogs. He's skimming the internet. I got them about two months ago because sometimes I feel uncomfortable riding along the river road. Even in the early morning, there are a lot of cars going really fast. Well, he does all kinds of visualizations of the data over time where you can see ages versus feelings, times of year versus feelings. So you can uh, pick a word... You can pick yeah, the word is, absurd. Wow. See, I, I want this for just my friends. Plus, that's what that's what I'm. Uh, that's what inspired me. Or just you. That. Or just me. Or just me, and then just my friends. I don't how have do any I, friends, so it's computer, the same. How do I feel today? Huh? This <laughs> no, is no, really... I, want, I want it to be like it's like show me all the negative Nancys in my Twitter stream because I want to unfollow them. That oh, kind of thing. Wow. Well, that's what well, you're there, doing there with Tweet Up, isn't it? <laughs> Isn't this what you're well, yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, that's this is part of yes, this is part of what, what we're trying we're trying to do with ThinkUp is to be able to slice and dice things in that way. We haven't built in sentiment analysis yet. We're doing word clouds, uh and and uh but but yes, Gina, this is you the should kind of really play with this because it, it he he does some brilliant visualizations. He's Jonathan's a Harris is a brilliant guy. He also did something called the whale hunt, speaking of killing what you eat. Yeah. Where he went on a whale hunt and it took a picture at least once every five minutes the whole time, but more wow. often when things were happening. 
So he visualized all the photos are clumped together when they kill the whale and all kinds of stuff. So he's really a good visualizer. And he he analyzes the data to say, do do we feel, you know, more good than bad at what age? Hmm. You know, this, cool. this, uh, all of this leads me to want to go to the big data conference because it's all about data, isn't it? And it's all about yeah. uh, getting uh, more data and then uh, smart things to do with that data. I love it that that's what you're interested in, Gina. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's not, it's not easy, but it's, uh, it's fun. That's for sure. Gina, there's a conference at um, Berkman in I think a week or two I'm going uh, on living the hyper public life. Oh. Are you the only and guy I, there? Yeah, I know. <laughs> just, just You're the poster boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll come. I'll come. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. That. So, uh, but I mean, are you are you going to speak at this? Or are no, you just... I'm just going to moderate a panel. In fact, they just asked me to say, but, but Dana Boyd's there and folks like that. And, and it's Berkman, so it'll be smart. They let me in anyway. That sounds fascinating. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. It sounds really but good. You might, well, yeah. yeah. Living the hyperpublic. Will any of it be streamed or... I don't know. I, I imagine some of it will be live logged. Center, I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if it, if it were a private conference? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I went to Zurich on the BBC two weeks ago. They held a conference, a social media conference, and they did it under Chatham House rule, which means that you can't quote anyone by name or say who's there. I said, are you berserk? I went, I went completely ballistic on them, making fun of them for this. Um, and, you know, don't you get the tone deafness of that? Yeah. Hey, is your number 54%? No. Okay. Total U.S. ad revenues. That's a good number. Yeah. Yeah. But this isn't your number. No, no. I left it for the, for the general discussion. Yeah. Total U.S. Internet, uh, internet ad revenues, $7.3 billion in the first quarter. Uh, that's a 23% increase from last year. You know I'm liking that. Uh, seemingly providing more evidence that the tech sector is in a bubble. After all, what kind of industry could possibly sustain 23% growth over the long run? Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but watch the, uh, watch the graph because it turns out Google gets 54 cents of every dollar. More than half of all that money goes to the Goog. Wow. They know how to make money. They know how to make money. That's for sure. Um, and, uh, and full disclosure, I'm a stockholder and I'm proud of them. <laughs> My little Michael Arrington moment there. There's your Arrington moment. There's the graph of quarterly revenue growth. This isn't. This is the growth in billions from 1999 to 2010. We had a little drop off there. I don't know what happened in 2009, but uh, oh. that was the crash. That was the second crash, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. The little bitty boy. That tells you something. That was the. That was where the recession happened. It affects even them, but not much. No. Um. Even 2009 was better than 2007. 54% of all U.S. internet advertising spend is collected by Google. Um, Google revenue in, by uh, quarter and millions of dollars is now almost nine. No, let me make sure I get that straight. So, so 54% of all spent gets, so Google then gets half of that. No. Uh, for... Ads oh, because that oh, they keep half. I guess you're right. I guess that's revenue. I guess that's revenue. Profit is one half, roughly a half of that. They keep fifty. Is that what they said that they keep fifty? It's, it's those aren't the exact numbers, but it's roughly that. But that's only for ads that appear off Google, on Google, and obviously goes one hundred percent to Google. 
So Facebook, oh, Facebook okay. had 8.8% of, then this, we're going to talk about the display ad market, 8.8% of the display ad market in Q4. Google had 14.4% for almost $400 million in display ads. That's banners, columns. So Google whooped Facebook in that particular category. Interesting. Now, Facebook hasn't really started yet, though, right? Yeah. And they, and they're, they have to be, a little, they're being a little judicious in how they use that stuff. I don't, I, I, I think there's no hurry for Facebook. At all, Google has added plus one now to websites. So I have a, uh, you know, Twitter yesterday added uh, follow me button, and now That's smart. Yeah, I put That's it on. Smart. I put it on my website right away Journalist, to join the journalists will use it. Yeah, yeah. To, well, yeah. I want to be liked. I want to be followed, and I want to be plus one. I haven't got the plus one button yet, but I'll plus go. one, I'm still not enthusiastic about. It's well. This is the other shoe to drop because right, you know, when we first saw plus one, it was a Google Labs thing that you would do within the search results. But now, uh, you could put uh, it on a website, right? Right. So, and this uh, makes a lot more sense, right? Because you're already this at makes the site. Much more sense. Yeah. Okay, I get very it. powerful. Okay. So if yeah, I, you know, if I if I look at my uh, website, you'll see I have, I've I've implemented all the buttons: the like button, the send button, the follow button. I got to have a plus one button now. Right? Okay, but hold on there for a second. So you hit the plus one button. You, you hit the like button. You know what happens. Your friends can see what you yeah, like. Right. They can come to the site. They can see you like. Yeah. You hit the plus one. What's the payoff for you? When I search for the thing that you plus one, I will see that you plus one it in my results. Same thing. You, you just you, you let your friends know. But it doesn't show up on it. Facebook. It shows up in search. Right. It just shows, shows up in Google search. Right. So it's, like is There's on more Facebook. benefit for, for Google than there is for me. Yes, that's still the case. I'm helping the Goog. Now, if, if what I would want to do, Leo, if I were you, is I would want to write a little app that would uh, combine the two. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, right. yeah well, there are plugins one, like the there's share. There's, 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 yeah, there's sharing plugins. If I use that on my. Uh, no, but I'm saying that with one click, it goes to both places. Oh, like. Oh, you should say it's like, like plus, plus one follow. Do it all. Plus all. like. Yeah. <laughs> plus well, like. Don't just like me, man. Love. Plus like me. You want to love me, but love. Oh, yeah, that's better than like. This is like yeah. one of those apps that check check you in all the different geolocation right. services, right. Like the aggregate, right. the aggregation I, uh, apps. So I can create a. So this is what the, the button looks love like. I, 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 it's, it's singing to me, man. Oh, and here's uh, why. Here's why a website would want to do it because it shows all the plus ones. So that's right. nice they for. Want it. Yeah, that's good for them. And then I can uh, include count. I could take that out. I could parse on load. JS callback, so I can add my own callback function, which could be the love button. The love button. And then you just put a little JavaScript right there. Right there in the code. Easy peasy. So guess, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be capitalist Jeff and ask uh, when are there gonna be sponsored plus ones? So like ooh. when is Google gonna pay Leo uh, or when are tech companies gonna pay Leo <laughs> to like their stuff? Yeah. <laughs> right? Because a lot of people follow you, and your recommendation, oh. especially for tech items, is is a gold. Oh well, well, okay, there's there's two layers of that, right? There's the spam layer. There's the Mechanical Turk, poor person in poor country who's paid to click a hundred times a day, right? Right. So how does Google? We we need to, we haven't had bad cuts on in a long time. Um, uh, by the way, in the previous discussion, Kevin Marks was jumping up and down to get on. I know. Um, <laughs> um, it was just his kind of discussion. This is not an on-demand podcast. <laughs> I, no, I I'm Kevin. sorry, Kevin. He's so eager. No, we were, next well, time. We, we were going to the next discussion. Um, but, but, you know, with Matt, how do they prevent spam 
level of plus one. That's one layer of this, right? And then the other layer is the one you just mentioned, Gene, which is which is fascinating. Is does Ashton Kutcher make a million dollars for a plus one? He right. should, right? And Leo, a hundred thousand. But um, I'm confused. So if I plus one something, and it would how how would people how would Google know if the, if you're my friend? Yeah. So Google knows you're my friend if 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 we're connected on Twitter. If you're in my my Gmail's contacts list, I mean, I, uh, right? The, the social search the stuff. Like I see again? Leo Laporte shared this on Twitter. If I if I see you know if I search for something and get a link in my results. Yeah, but we're both on Twitter or we're both right. on Facebook. But right, what does the Google do? Google knows that we're friends on Twitter, and it they does. know if you're in my contacts and Gmail. Mm. Right. See, this mm. is this is the problem we were talking about earlier. That Google may know it, but can they surface it? Without. So let's, so so let's yeah let's go go farther. So the problem there is that someone sees that you like the site, but you quite explicitly said plus one. Yeah. So what's the problem if people say that Leo likes this? You're telling the world. Yeah. But see, when right. I look at when I look at say here where it says 156 people like this, and if I like it, then it will say Leo and 156. Well, I'll do it right now. So it will add. See, it's now it says my name. Right, but and I see your name if I see things. If you're if you you're like. my Facebook buddy, right? If we're friends on Facebook, right? Which we are, and that's kind of a big deal. If I see that you like something, it's that's a, it's valuable. A deal. Yeah, it is. That's it valuable. Is. But how is Google? What is Google going to say? Uh, where do they get that information? How do they know you're my friend? Well, but I'm seeing it in search, Gina. You're right. I see people, and when I do searches, I see that Gina Trapani likes this. Really? Oh, yeah, so totally. Already that's already because we're it. that's because we're friends on Twitter, and that's public. That relationship that's is public. public. And yes. so, and Google knows that relationship. So, and and um, and I also get so and so shared this in Google Reader, which, by the way, I can't wait for Google Reader to just move over to Plus One yeah. and get rid of. I mean, there's so many different ways right now yeah. to do things in Google Reader, like comment, star. That's favorite. true. There is following uh -huh. in Google Reader. Yeah, and there's following. They're, they're, they're right, and those are public. Uh, actually, I'm not sure if that if following in Google Reader is public, but they've got a few different. Social graphs. I definitely see my friends in Google search results. So what I'm saying is like, so everyone's going to go around and plus one everything, right? But not everyone, not everyone is Leo. Like if Leo likes it, then yeah. that's a big deal to me. Not only because we're friends, but also because you are a trusted personality and brand and tech recommendations, which is why I got to the part where I was like, when do you get paid? <laughs> Kevin, because Kevin Marks, who knows this, says following is public on blogger and reader. They certainly could use those two as yeah. information. Yep. <clears throat> and, and I those, guess Twitter's public, so and Twitter's public, right? And and the, and following people on Reader or Blogger, of course, they're going to suggest people in your contacts, right? Well, I'm adding the plus one button right now to my website. <laughs> nice. I mean, it, it feels I'm a little more sold on a lot more sold on plus one now that, that it appears on other websites. Like plus plus oneing yeah, something in, right. in search results seem crazy to me because how do you know it's a good search result unless you've clicked well, on it and then you're gone? We kind um, of assumed that that would happen, though. Yeah, we did. We did. I, but it does kind of feel like catch up to to dig, dig this, and then right. Facebook's like, you know? I and mean, there really is dig fatigue. This one. There's button fatigue, too. I mean, and there's can't... definitely, right, you have the NASCARization. That's why of... we want the big heart, the special heart button that just does it. Boom. Right, the heart button, right. And then you configure the services you want to share on, and you just do it one shot. I'm sure someone's going to... We sure just gave is... you a great startup, somebody. Somebody who's listening <laughs> okay. right now. Just gave you a great startup. Somebody just shared. Actually, I, I'm not going to say anything because uh, I don't do NDAs or anything. But somebody sent me an email about a startup they had similar to this that was brilliant, and I'll tell you about it when they when they go public. But it's uh, it was similar idea. So that people are thinking about this, mm -hmm. and it's that's the thing is it's not going to come from Google. I bet you. It's going to come from some independent little guy. 
Mm-hmm. I've been I've been really liking Stellar, uh, which is Jason Kotke's uh, new app, which is not open to the public yet. Oh. Uh, Stellar.io, but <clears throat> it's it's a it's an aggregation of, of people's favorites on Twitter and Flickr and Vimeo, and it's really cool. I can't wait for Jason to open it up. Oh. Sorry, I shouldn't have brought up something that's not open yet. <laughs> so mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> so mean. I'll see if if I have any invites. I'll see if I can send send you one. I, I probably am a member and don't even know it because I join everything. <laughs> and then I forget. And I come back in a year and I go, oh, I already did that. I already did By that the way, one. when we mentioned the, the Gmail uh, mini hacking before, did, did, did we know it was China? No, Google's saying that now. In fact, let's do that story uh, in a second. We're going to do that in just a moment. I just want to briefly remind everybody it's kind of Coles to Newcastle because I know you're all members about Netflix. Here's the deal. You know about Netflix, which is, of course, DVDs by mail, and now that new watch instantly functionality, which means you can watch your favorite guys. Watch. I'm going through all of the Battlestar, 79 Battlestar Galactica episodes. <laughs> I watch two a night. No commercials. Boom. Boom. It's great. Two a night is 88 minutes. It's perfect. And then oh, I fall asleep. And the nice thing about, by the way, Netflix uh, Watch Instantly, I'm watching it on a Roku box uh, on my TV, but you could use a PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, Nintendo Wii, a lot of DVD players, a lot of TVs, is is you go to sleep, you stop it, and you go to sleep, and you come back, and you can watch the rest of the show. I was watching a... Okay. Okay, this is a little girly, but I was watching a Joni Mitchell biography last night. No, I'm... I'm Aww, I love I'm Joni Mitchell. Oh, I, I love her. Yeah. Um, and this is a really... This is no, that's that's somebody else. I don't know what that is. the The album name is right. This I didn't even know. This is uh, you know, but this is why I like Watch Instantly because um, partly it's the recommendation engine on Netflix. But sometimes you just you know you stumble across something. I loved this documentary. Um, it's a it was a PBS American Masters series, which which I missed. Um, and uh, and uh, but it's available. So here's the deal, which is fun. By the way, see, I've seen. I fell asleep. Look at this. I watched 52 minutes of the 91 minutes total. Wait, wait, how does it know you fell asleep? Do you have like a kill switch? No, I, it's yes, like a, that's right. If I'm not sitting, yeah, if I'm not sitting on the Roku box, it turns off. <laughs> no, I, I turned it off before I went to sleep. I didn't fall asleep in the middle. I'm not that bad yet. Uh, however, this I is know. this is what I love about this. Now, Netflix, of course, DVD by mail. You get the inst- watch instantly and more and more uh, movies all the time and TV shows. Let's not forget. Uh, do not rent white chicks. Uh, you, you might see it there, but don't rent it. Okay, I'm just telling you. It's there, but you know, if you think Marlon Wayans and Sean Wayans dressed as white women is a funny thing, maybe you would want to rent that. But anyway, that's your the beauty of this is there's tens of thousands of movies. You're not stuck. Oh, wait a minute. Wuthering Heights. This I just l- watched the Pixar story. It was so good. Oh, that's neat. I didn't even know that was on there. Yeah, it's, it's on Watch Instantly. Really good. So here's the deal. Uh, I know you're already a member. We're just, you know, we're telling you stuff you already know. Please do me a favor. Tell your friends, your family, your grandma to go to Netflix.com slash twit and sign up for twit and the, uh, for uh, Netflix. And that way we get the credit, okay? Because I, 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 I realize it's too late now for you. We, we've, you've already joined. And if you haven't, what? Netflix.com slash twit. Try it free for 30 days. You will love it. So uh, China has been hacking Gmail. Google announced this today. They said, yes, we notice unusual activity with people trying to 
steal Gmail passwords, hundreds of Gmail users, including U.S. government officials, Chinese activists, and Chinese journalists have been tricked into sharing their passwords with what Google calls bad actors in China. That's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's just bad guys. The attackers were able to read and forward the victim's email. <laughs> Sorry, took a minute. <laughs> the web search company, which has blamed China for a previous attack on the company's computer network, said it's security. By the way, they're back in China, aren't they? Google got out of China but didn't. They are? Is there a change? I thought there was oh, the same. Oh, they're still they, not in they, China? They say they're... So they're, that's still true. They're not in China. Yeah, I think it's right. as, yeah, as it as was. Far as I know. I mean, they're, they're, okay. they're there or not there, right? They're it felt like it kind of faded away like this. Like, yeah, well, whatever. So they're not. They're still not. Like, there's no office in China. You can't no, do... No, no, there's Google. an office there. No, there oh. always has been. You can't do Google searches in China. No, you can do Google searches in China. It just goes to uh, Hong Kong, and they don't censor it there. Ah, so they didn't support this Chinese censoring. I get it. Okay. That's what I think. I think. Yeah. Chat room will tell me if I'm wrong. They will. Yes. And uh, apparently they're still using Gmail in China because all these guys are using Gmail. And uh, Google said its security and abuse detection system discovered uh, a bunch of phishing scams and people are falling for them. The campaign seems to originate from Jinan, China. Wow, they really know. And is targeting specific individuals. High profile, it says. High profile individuals. That's what's a little scary, too, because yeah. Leo, you're high profile. Yeah, but I don't, they don't, Chinese government doesn't, I think it sounds like it's people, they're going after, it sounds like it's Chinese government going after well, And U.S. government officials and activists and journalists. Right. So they're using passwords to change the Gmail account's forwarding settings and delegation settings. Interesting. Okay. So then, so the, 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 if you don't pay attention, what happens is your account continues as usual. You right. don't know it, but they can read everything. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it, that this, it, what's really interesting is that Google is so quickly saying it's coming from China. Yeah. Yep. The war is yep. still on. Yeah. Uh, so their recommendation is to implement their two-step verification process, which you and I were talking about before the show, Gina. It's just so difficult. It's a, it's a, it's a, pain, in, it's a pain in the butt. It is a pain in the butt. Yeah, I, when you I'm enable two-step... I'm a big fan of two-step authentication. I use it on my bank account. You know, it'll I'll log in with my password, and then it says, okay, and we're going to send you a code to the phone that you have in your possession, and then you enter that code. And that's really great, because even if you got my password, you'd have to have my phone for it to right. work. This isn't that easy. It's not. No, it's not. It's not as easy. Um, you download. Well, there's a few different ways, but you get a code, like a, a security code. But then in addition to the security code, you also have to create a per application password. So if you want to log in to a Google app on another device or if you have if you granted other applications access to your Google data. So you have to log so in with apps. The, yeah, I mean, right. And for someone like you, Leo, and me, to some extent, who uses so many apps and so many devices that you, you find yourself in this situation. And I found myself in this situation a couple of times where I have a new device. I just want to sign into Gmail real quick or Google real quick to, to do something. And it's like, oh, you know, I need to set, either set up this new application specific password or I have to grab my phone and check out the code again. I mean, it's it, it, it's, you know, it's in, security. True, good security is inconvenient. It's a pain I mean, that's, in the just, that's just the reality yep. of it. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. That's the but I feel really good about it now that I've enabled it. I wound up disabling a bunch of apps I didn't use anymore that still had access. And, and I just I feel 
like I know no one else is in my Gmail, which 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 is good, right. which is good. But I, you know, we should say that Google said uh, Google said that they detected and disrupted this campaign, they and they it. they notified everyone who was affected and and uh, and the relevant government authorities. I mean, even if you don't want to set up two-step authentication. It's always good to just go in your settings, figure out what your secondary email address is, make sure that that's not some Hotmail or Yahoo account that doesn't exist anymore, that someone else could have the name. Just make sure that you have a valid secondary email address. Change your password, uh, you know, once in a while, if you haven't done it in a while, that kind of thing. I mean... You know, what you're, the, mo- the most important, in my opinion, the most important thing you could do is to uh, attach a cell phone number to your Google account. Yes. Because that's another, even mm-hmm. if they hack your account and they get your password you can always reset it through the phone and they don't have that probably right right and just make sure that that stuff is all up to date and that's not your old yes. cell phone five years ago yes. I, I agree with something that, that you know uses something like near field communications let's say that as long as you have your phone with you, it's like it's like the new cars where you right. get in with the car get the key, chip yeah right and the chip's there and it lets you start the car which freaked me out at first but that's fine what if i had the same kind of thing where if i'm near a computer it says, okay, that's you, Ooh. and I have a very easy way to report if I don't have that. It's kind of like enough. biometrics, but instead of biometrics, it's phonometrics. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's that's easier. That's something like that. Yeah, I, you'd, I need, wanna... you'd need to have a, all computers would have to have an NS, NFC receiver. And, yes, and, they would. But that's a good right, idea. I like that. There's some way to make security stuff a lot easier. Uh, and, right, just, and more powerful. Well, there's the thumbprint, you know I mean? There's thumbprint, right? Uh, there's eye scans, which are less... <laughs> Less uh, uh, common. I always feel like I'm going to get blinded. I can put my mouth there and go, oh, gotcha. That's it. I just took a screenshot, and now I will be able to scan <laughs> Jeff's image anywhere and authenticate as him. See, this is, this is the, the problem with the hyperlocal or hyperpublic I, existence, right. Jeff. Yes, there you go. Your irises are on file. Gina gets That's me. It. She's got your iri. <laughs> I missed it again. I keep do it again so I can press the screen capture button. No, he won't do it now. Oh, 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 we got it. Okay, good. (laughs) You can get in the country. All right, Gina, I got got a question for you. Every time this comes up, you defend Twitter uh, when they screw developers and do one more thing. Oh, they do it again. Did for them. Yeah. And uh-huh. I wonder where do you have a breaking point here with them. They seem like they're what's the word predatory, infanticide. Um, wow! Well, uh, they're going to kill Y Frog and Twitpic and all of these other companies. I think it was Rafael Ali said today that that you know name one thing, one real innovation that's actually come from Twitter Inc. versus came from the community of developers that Twitter then takes over. Right. I just I don't. Are you still friendly to them? I, you know, so we're talking about photos, obviously, right? right. So they, they, they're right. launching a, a partnership Sorry, with Photo Bucket to yeah. easily post photos and uh, and essentially kind of taking over, right, all the photo posting apps. You know, it's so funny, Jeff, because I just, I feel like you're the guy who's like, you know, business isn't about being nice. It's about making money, right? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, but I, I you're a developer. And so it just seems to me that, that it's, it's, it's a risk for a platform to start and say, oh, we're a platform. You can develop on top of us. And then you don't know when that day is going to come when they're going to say, okay, rug, 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 pull out all the rugs from under you. Right, and right. You, you, the developer community, built all of the really interesting technology and standards atop them and the user community as well. Right. And 
Uh, you know what's interesting is they they're actually partnering with Photo Bucket, so there, there is a winner, which is Photo Bucket. Photo Bucket, right? Yeah. So you know what's interesting? I don't know. Maybe I should be more outraged about this, but this is kind of oh God. And I'm not gonna. I'm gonna upset all the photo sharing, the Twitter photo sharing developers, and I'm really sorry in advance. But I. I, I I got to tell you that I, I think that sharing short links to photos on Twitter, like it just isn't the most innovative thing in the world. Uh, there are lots of services that do photo sharing anyway. And like, I don't, I don't know. I never really understood. I never really, well, I mean, you know, Instagram, that was something that was just, it was such a, it was just a complete, I just never understood it. Um, so I kind of feel like for Twitter to grow and be a platform. And actually what's cool about this photo thing is that it's based on Twitter annotation. So you're going to actually be able to include interesting metadata. You know, it's kind oh. of an open way to include interesting metadata of all kinds of media, not just pictures and, and videos uh, in tweets. And that's super interesting to me as a developer. Okay, that opens so, so up a whole nother... Go ahead. Can you use that or can you get that only if you use the Twitter photo sharing app? Anybody can use that. From what I understand... Okay. Yeah, Twitter annotations, the, the, the annotations, the metadata will be included with tweets through all the APIs, or maybe, except for maybe the search API, which is getting um, deprecated. And that's, that makes Twitter even more of, of a platform. Well, it, and it gives you more right. data for, for, for ThinkUp. Yeah, it gives me more data, exactly. And listen, I do. I feel bad for the YFrogs and the PickPleases and, and, and all these sites that have sort of built a business on sharing photos on Twitter. But I also kind of feel like this makes a lot of sense for Twitter. They chose a partner, and, and uh, you know, as a business, this is kind of... Okay. I think it's categorically different from uh, clients uh, uh, because when you're a Y frog or a twit pick, you're really, you're really a lamprey eel on, the, you know, you're a yeah. parasite on the service. Whereas right. if I'm building an application that has, that allows me to tweet or has tweets in it, I think that's more, that's more, adding more value than just kind of piggybacking on the service. It seems, it seems different somehow to me. Right. Ironically, though, were the, the, the was the third party clients that Twitter is probably going to put out of business. But right, right. Well, not if the third party clients do something. If they add some value, if yeah. they add more value, right? And so exactly. you look at Seismic, uh, or you look at TweetDeck, where they're incorporating not just tweets but Facebook, li you know, status mm -hmm. messages. So what if what if Twitter did tomorrow what ThinkUp does? I'd be really bummed. I, I would okay. absolutely, and, and in a lot of ways, Twitter is doing. Twitter's doing more with analytics, which is a lot of much of what of what ThinkUp does. Twitter does not offer. You know, our big sell is like we archive your tweets. You can't get your tweets back right. from 2007, 2008 right. from Twitter right now, but you can if you're running ThinkUp. I'm sure that at some point they're going to roll those tweets out of cold storage and make them available to everyone. Right? I mean, even right. Facebook, you can download your whole profile now. But I that's always the risk when you build on top of somebody else's platform. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. I mean, you know, part of what we do a think up is we, we're networking specific. We make plugins for different, you know, for lots of different networks, much like TweetDeck did, like with, with Facebook and Foursquare and Buzz. I mean, Tweet, TweetDeck is a really interesting, you know, situation. I mean, they, you've got tons of data on your desktop from all your friends. I mean, TweetDeck could, could have really done, and I would love to see them do, but I, they're probably going to kill it now. Um, TweetDeck could have done some really interesting search all the things that my friends have said, uh, show me sentiment analysis of all my friends, right? Because it's constantly downloading your friends' status updates onto your desktop, which is like, You've got tons of storage there. Anyway, just to be clear, right. yes, I'd be really bummed out if, if Twitter... I'm just trying to, I'm, I, 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 It's an honest question because I'm really trying to figure out where the line is of predatory behavior um, right. versus, hey, it's business. Well, your son, Jake, wrote uh, apps for Facebook. 
And mm-hmm. surely when he did that, he knew that, well, you know, I, I live at the... Uh, well, Facebook the, did the opposite. Facebook killed its own apps because they said that developers would do a better job. So the, the most successful one he wrote was Courses. Facebook killed Courses. Jake wrote the one that became the number one Courses. He sold it. That was fine. Yeah. As Zuckerberg, uh, you know, talked about how um, uh, Zynga now has higher market cap than Electronic Arts. You know, he bragged about the platform in, in Paris, and the platform is kind of, to me, in terms of your, your Jake-level developers, has gone nowhere because, because you can't be discovered. It's, right. it's, it's impossible to be found, Too many right? yeah. But at the very high level, at Zynga, you know, it's created it's one half of a life business. And you know, Zuckerberg argued that the next successful, I think we might have talked about this, the next successful um, uh, music company, we want that which understands people and music at the same time, i.e. Lady Gaga, you know, same for TV, same for news, same for other things. So he's still seeing it as a platform where I don't think he's competing. He's not doing. It does seem play. a little churlish because Twitter. I think that's a very good point. Twitter didn't invent anything. The at reply, the direct, everything was invented by third parties, and Twitter incorporated it and said, "Thanks, which, thanks, which kid. Is a beautiful we'll, thing. We'll see you later." <laughs> you know? right. Right. I love I mean, it. I yeah. love that. Unless you go and then kind of screw the people who added value to you. That's right. what bothers me. No, I, mean, I know what you're saying. I mean, it seems like Twitter adds these features and takes over these clients because they want to make it easy for new users to discover these things. I mean, I think Facebook as, a, as an app platform is just its apps are a lot more easily discoverable. Um, and I think I think it makes sense that Twitter wants to wants to incorporate image sharing into their own app, you know, with their own partner and have some sort of control over that because they want more people to upload more pictures right now, like uploading pictures. You know, a new user, someone who's not us, is like, what service do I use? What are these links to all these different sites? You know, why does YFrog act this way and Twitpic act that way? I mean, this has been their argument, right, that it's a user experience thing. I think that's a fair argument. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, with ThinkUp Federation and data ownership, like owning your own data and archiving your own data and your friend's data is high on my list of priorities. And yeah. I know that's not high on Twitter's yeah. list of priorities. Right. Right. So, right. And that's where I'm making my bet, right, yep. among other little analytical things. So, right. Thank you. We're running out of time, so I, I, I hate to do this because we have some. We we still haven't talked about Google Wallet. Oh, oh yeah, uh, that happened right after our show last week. Uh, we'll save that. We'll think about it some more. I got a quick question for both of you. Yes, should I should I buy a um, Chrome notebook? Oh my God, they're doing a sale on Guilt right now, guilt.com. And I'm so aggravated because they listed the freaking Chromebook in the men's section. Oh yeah. man. Oh, right next to Drakkar Noir. Oh, Google-loving feminists, not happy. Not happy. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't know what other section they could list it in. I mean, their sections are women, men, home, children, gifts, home jet setter. Gifts would be fine. City, taste. I uh, think you should quick, quit guilt right now. <laughs> you know, I just signed up for Guilt recently because uh, Sarah and Veronica were talking about it on yeah. on, on Twit. Yeah. And uh, but they're way more stylish than I am. Like I started looking at clothing and I was just like, oh man. I'm gonna send you an invite to Fab. Oh boy. Do you okay. know about Fab? I don't. Fab is all about design. Oh. Mm. Okay. Not all clothes, right. but design. All right. So Samsung's new Chromebook is now available on Guilt. Uh, the sale begins. Oh, it began. It, it happened. It's on now. Yeah, it began this morning, I think. And how much is it? Does it say four ninety nine for the one with the yeah, uh, that's expensive hundred megs uh, uh, of three uh, G included? Yeah, I guess now I have to become a member of Guilt. Jeff, 
Jeff, I think it depends on what your, you know, what your use case is. You know, I don't know. Do you think, do you have a MacBook Air? I mean, do you have a use for a no, really lightweight Air. laptop? I have, a, uh, I have a regular MacBook Pro. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess the question is, do I need it to kind of blow up in my understanding about how the world operates so when I teach journalism students and things? That it's <clears> oh, no, no, no. Question. Here's what you do. Uh, you just take all the applications off of your Air, <laughs> except Chrome. Except Chrome, yes. That's it. It's the same, right? Basically. Yeah. Except it starts up a lot faster than the, than the Mac. Okay. So just, you know, forget that part. Right. But just <laughs> always keep Chrome running and then you just open the lid and that's it. You're, you're there. I'll send you the CR48. If I could just found the power supply, I'll send it to you. But it's just, that's all it is. It's the browser. So take everything off your computer. Pretend you have no storage. Yeah, so I can't store any file there. No. Well, no, you can. Can't you? Can't you download photos? I mean, you can. There's a it file picker. A, uh, it, it, it has a memory slot. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe like on an SD card. Yeah, because I think it's a very small memory I, machine. Yeah, I think it's very small. So you wouldn't yeah. want to put, you know, a bunch of pictures on it. Right. No, no. I mean, about like a, a document I'm writing or something. Uh, like uh, I Google Docs. Work on that offline. Uh, can you work offline on it? You can. All right. Can? I don't know. I'm looking. Uh, chat room, it says 16 gigabytes of memory on this thing, so I guess you could save some documents. You ha There's a file browser now. Oh, that's cool. So now there's a browser and a file browser. Oh, okay. Right on. I wouldn't get it. Right. I wouldn't. But I see uh, the new shiny thing? and You, you can get it early. <gasps> I think you'd be better off getting a tab. A Galaxy Tab 10.1. I think that's that'd be better. I'm kind of tabbed out right now. Yeah, too many tabs. Yeah, but write, writing a document, you do like you want that keyboard. That's true. That's true. Are we get, we're supposed to get one, right? We're going to send us one, right? Yeah, they are going to send us one. I guess if I disclose that, I can keep it. I'll send it to Jeff. I'll send it to Jeff. Don't buy one, Jeff. I'll send you mine. Uh, let us get our tool tip and pick of the week, starting with Gina Trapani's tip. Two new things in Gmail. One super exciting, nested labels. Uh, this was a, a labs feature that actually got promoted to built-in Gmail. Um, I, I don't know. I, it could be just because I was at Lifehacker and people were just appalled that they, it didn't support subfolders or subtags when, when Gmail first launched, but now it does. So when you create a new label, you can create a, a, a nested label inside of it. So one way I use this is I'm subscribed to a bunch of mailing lists. So I have like a mailing list parent label, and then each sub-label is like the name of the list for those of you hyper-organized. And also, Gmail launched last week a people widget. Uh, when you're in Gmail, if you look on the right side, you'll see um, photos and descriptions and contact information about all the people participating in a conversation. Has yours just rolled kind of, out? Because I, I kind of interesting. I haven't seen it on mine yet. Yep, yep. And I'm and I'm using um, I'm using Google Apps too, and I am seeing it. Okay, the people so, widget, you mean? Yeah, I don't have a people widget yet. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it, it kind of makes you. You can see which one of your friends have actually set a Google profile photos. You see their photo and uh, and you can see mail from this month. I mean, it shows you kind of it's, it's actually similar to Facebook's kind of, you know, friendship with this person, kind of interactions that you've had with a person yeah, and documents you shared. Oh, you're not, yeah, no, you're not seeing see it yet. It. No. Interesting. If, if you look at a, an email from someone with a Gmail account, maybe, oh, no, I'm seeing it from every domain. It must be rolling Sigh. out. So. Yeah, they said they were rolling oh. it out bit by bit. So, okay. so people widget and uh, 
Nested labels. Nested labels. I finally nested labels. They've needed that for a while, I think. Yes. Yeah. Jeff Jarvis, your number of the week. Number of the week. I'm going to debate between two of them. Let's see. I'll go with this one. Uh, it is 500000 which is how much uh, Google paid Epic, the uh, Electronic Privacy Information Center, for its buzz screw-up. And they're going to this send on- us all a quarter, right? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, that's what's irritating me here. And they, that's on top of earlier settlements with other organizations like EFF and such. And I understand, in theory, this is their mitzvah back. They're, 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 uh, no, that's it the wrong compensates word. them for their efforts. Well, but, but why do they get the money? Right, you see, it, it, it's bothering me because it's kind of the 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 what I call the um, regulatory industrial complex of privacy now. Right. So by complaining, they're making money off complaining, and I don't like that. But that's I just wanted to get actually. That Google back. issued that objection. They said they did not want the funds to go to the organizations. Yeah, but they but they did a whole bunch of settlements and they did it all, and I think that that sets the uh, expectations and, and and the motivations in the wrong way, and it makes privacy into even more of a uh, gold mine for complainers. So I just wanted to get it off my chest. While I'm saying this, I, want to, I, I have a very, very small piece in IEEE Spectrum. <laughs> no, I wanted to talk about that, but you and Gina are both mentioned in this. Gina is quoted galore yeah. in it, in the new issue coming up, and they wanted me to plug it on Twig, which I like that, that somebody wants to be plugged on Twig, so for that, we'll plug it on Twig. We'll, we'll nice. go for that. The IEEE Spectrum, you wrote a piece called Public, uh, sorry, Privacy, Publicness, and the Web, a Manifesto. Well, it's actually one-third of the story that I wrote, but we didn't agree on the editing of the rest, but it's fine. And so that's kind of bookish stuff. And then Gina is quoted like crazy in, in predictions of the next five things that are going to control the web. And she has wonderful quotes yeah, in there. Yeah, I agree. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and you can read this online. Yes, you can read it online. It's all online. The IEEE Spectrum is spectrum.ieee.org. Thank you for the and, plug for them. Oh yeah, I was. I actually put it in my. Uh, I bu- I bookmarked it. I was going to talk about it anyway, and I forgot. So, or actually ran out of time. I want to thank Gina for this tool. I actually had a tool that was very obscure, uh, and it's really a more of a news story. But it happened today. Google has released a developer preview of WebRTC, which is their real-time voice and video chat system, based on HTML and JavaScript. This is a direct competitor for Skype and FaceTime. And developers are now being encouraged to use it to develop video conferencing systems. Uh, And I guess... uh, Take that Cisco, too. Yeah. Cisco, that's the big player here, right? And I guess the idea uh, is if you have a Chromebook, you'd still be able to do conferencing on the Chromebook. So um, this uh, this is an interesting release. Not of much use... Uh, to anybody who's not a developer, but uh, I'm sure Kevin Marks is looking at it. And then thank you, Gina, because... We'll show an example application based on the real-time communication APIs we've made available on labs. In this is an Ericsson video. You can watch this later. Go ahead. Uh, this, is, this is Gina's uh, tip to me for a tool that I didn't know about called Google Correlate. It comes out of the Google Labs. I score 100 points for that. You're not knowing about it. I, uh, is this new? I never heard of it. <laughs> I hadn't either, but now that you have it, I don't feel so bad. Oh, no. So I'll search for what? I just search, do a search, right? You enter, you enter a search, and then what happens? It searches for correlations. I don't understand it. Yeah, it's like... It's, when I search it's, for Twitter, I get seven minutes in heaven. Is that, it's like is searches that, that have, car, have, have had similar patterns over time. Yeah, some of the examples are a little so better. So correlated with, the, with winter, you get searches for Nordica 
Colds Hockey Arenas and Obermeyer. Uh, uh, searches that were most likely to be issued in 2005 so you compare it to time series and stuff. It's uh, You know what? I love it. This is another big data thing where if you've got a lot of data looking for correlations and uh, and information that you can you can uh, deduce from that data. And it's great that Google lets us play with it a little bit. So it's uh, correlate.googlelabs.com. So there's two tools for you uh-huh. on your level of expertise. Gina Trapani. Um, Kevin, Kevin Marks just corrected me that he wanted me to say, and, he, and he, actually he's right, that the Twitter photos are not Twitter annotations, that they're actually tweet entities, which are a different thing. The Twitter annotations has not launched yet. So I stand corrected. Uh, my... <laughs> My declaration that the Twitter platform is just opened up to everything is now is was absolutely wrong. So I apologize. Thanks, Kevin. But I imagine that those photos are available in the API as part yes. of the API. It's just not an annotate. Right. Exactly. What, I, we got to talk more about Twitter annotations and what that's going to be used for. I think that's very interesting. What they're up yeah, to. If, if it ever launches, it's it, been a long they, time. They announced it a long time ago. Yeah, they did. Uh, Gina Trapani is at smarterware.org. She's also thinkupapp.com. Sometime soon, we'll all be able to think up. I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. You can also follow her on the Twitter at Gina Trapani. Oh, good one. I said it right once. You did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Great show today, guys. Thank you. This Thank is a lot you. of fun. Really interesting as stuff. Always. Yeah, as always. Jeff Jarvis is the best. He's at uh, buzzmachine.com. You're the highlight of the week, boss. Professor of CU at CUNY, or CUNY, as it is known to its proponents, at Jeff Jarvis on Twitter and the author of this fine book, What Would Google Do? And now we hear September for public parts. That's exciting. Can't wait. Yeah. And, right. and I'm going to buy you guys a brick because I like you so much. Oh, I'm sweet. Gonna, I'm, buying a, I'm buying a brick. Are you buying a brick? I'll buy a brick. Bricks.twit.tv. We can figure out what to say on put it. Put your name on the wall. You could get a, um, you know, for if you get the 8x8, eight eight, you could put a logo, get a picture of your penis or something on there. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Representative Wiener has already uh, asked us for that. So that. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think I'm going to have to have Gleek on mine. <laughs> Gina Trapani. <laughs> Gleek. Leo, Leo, sad, sadly, I can do that now on the smaller brick. <laughs> It'll fit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Thank you all for being here. We do Twig this week in Google every Wednesday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, That would be 2000 UTC at live.twit.tv. But download it after the fact, too, because we've got audio and video. It's fun. And it's all. You can see Leo's hair. You can see my hair. Twit.tv slash twig is where you'd find that. Or on better podcast clients everywhere. This concludes this portion of this week at Google. Yes, Tom, you can come in. TNT is coming up next. We'll see you later, everybody. By the way, the brick is being offered in the men's section. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. <Aaron. laughs> that was good. I like that, Gina. That was great. <laughs> it's a men's thing.